Martha and Esperanza have more in common than they think. Miguel, get some good news. Alright, I hope you enjoy it. Let's go. There's a destination, a little up the road from the habitation. Okay, niños, we're going to pick up um, where we left off yesterday. I'm going to go back and read uh, maybe one more paragraph from yesterday so you remember where we're at. All right. Miguel turned down the path, bordered in cotton fields. Finally, they reached several acres of land surrounded by chain-link fencing and barbed wire, its single opening guarded by several men wearing armbands. Aquí, right here, said Ada. What are the guards for? asked Esperanza. They're for protection, said Marta. The farmer who owns the land is sympathetic to us, but a lot of people don't like the strikers causing trouble. We've had threats. The men take turns at the entrance. Miguel pulled the truck to the side of the road and stopped. There were only 10 wooden toilet stalls for hundreds of people, and Esperanza could smell the effects from the truck. Some people lived in tents, but others had only burlap bags stretched between poles. Some were living in their cars or old trucks. Mattresses were on the ground where people and dogs rested. A goat was tied to a tree. There was a long pipe that lay on top of the ground and a line of water spigots sticking up from it. Near each spigot were pots and pans and campfire rings, the makings of outdoor kitchens. In an irrigation ditch, women were washing clothes and children were bathing at the same time. Clotheslines ran everywhere. It was a great jumble of humanity and confusion. Esperanza could not stop looking. She felt hypnotized by the squalor, but Marta and her mother didn't seem the least bit embarrassed. Home sweet home, said Marta. They all climbed out of the truck, but before Marta and Ada could retrieve their groceries, a campesino family coming from the opposite direction approached them. The children were dirty and skinny, and the mother held an infant who was crying. Do you have food so that I can feed my family? said the father. We were thrown out of our camp because I was striking. My family has not eaten in two days. There are too many people coming into the valley each day who will work for pennies. Yesterday, I worked all day and made less than 50 cents and I cannot buy food for one day with that. I was hoping that here with I was hoping that here with others who have been through the same you are welcome here said Ada. Esperanza reached into the truck bed and opened the large bag of beans. Hand me your hat, señor. The man handed over his large sun hat and she filled it with the dried beans then gave it back to him. Gracias, gracias, he said. Esperanza looked at the two older children, their eyes watery and vacant. 
She lifted the piñata and held it out to them. They said nothing but hurried back toward her. They said nothing but hurried toward her, took it, and ran back to their family. Marta looked at her. Are you sure you aren't already on our side? Esperanza shook her head. They were hungry, that's all. Even if I believed in what you are doing, I must take care of my mother. Ada put her hand on Esperanza's arm and smiled. We all do what we have to do. Your mother would be proud of you. Miguel handed them their bags and they walked toward the farmer's field. Before they reached the gate, Marta suddenly turned and said, I shouldn't be telling you this, but the strikers are more organized than they appear. In a few weeks, during asparagus, things are going to happen all over the, all over the county. We're going to shut down everything, the fields, the sheds, the railroad. If you have not joined us by then, be very careful. Then she hurried to catch up with her mother. As Miguel and Esperanza rode back to Arvin, neither of them said a word for many miles. Marta's threat and the guilt of having a job weighed heavily on Esperanza's mind. Do you think they are right? She asked. I don't know, said Miguel. What the man said is true. I have heard that there will be 10 times the people here looking for jobs in the next few months from Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, and other places too and that they are poor people like us, who need to feed their families too. If so many are willing to work for pennies, what will happen to us? But until then, with so many joining the strikes, I, may, I might be able to get a job at the railroad. Esperanza's mind wrestled with Miguel's words. For him, the strike was an opportunity to work at the job he loved and to make it in this, and to make it in this country. But for her, it was a threat to her finances, Abuelita's arrival, and, mama, and Mama's recuperation. Then there was the matter of her own safety. She thought of Mama and Abuelita, and she knew there was only one thing for her to do. Esperanza studied her hands a few nights later as she walked toward the cabin and hoped Hortensia had a few more avocados. It was later than usual. She had been weeding asparagus in a far field, so she had been on the last truck. When she arrived at the cabin, everyone was crowded around the small table. There were fresh tortillas on a plate, and Hortensia was stirring a pan of machaca, scrambled eggs with shredded meat, onions, and peppers. It was Miguel's favorite, but they usually ate it for breakfast. What is the occasion? asked Esperanza. I got, a I got a job in the machine shop at the railroad. Oh, Miguel, that's good news. So many railroad workers have joined the strikers. I know it might be temporary, but if I do a good job, maybe they will keep me. That is right, said Alfonso. You do good work. They will see it. They will keep you. Esperanza sat down and listened to Miguel tell the others about the job but she wasn't hearing his words. She was seeing his eyes, dancing like Papa's when he used to talk about the land. She watched Miguel's animated face, thinking that at last his dream was coming true.